Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. And what? And breakthrough. That's who he is. That's who he is. Exodus 3 verse 1 to verse 3. Are you there? You better fast. I won't wait for you. Now Moses, this was after Moses had been driven from the, uh, he ran away, not that he was driven, he ran away, you remember what happened when he attempted to help one of the children of Israel that were being beaten by an Egyptian and he interfered and killed him in the process of trying to defend then one day he saw two um, children of Israel fighting and he said, why are you fighting, you guys are brothers then they accused him, do you want to kill us like you killed the other person and so he panicked and felt that what he had done must have gotten to Pharaoh, so he took off he was away for 40 years. How many years? Yeah, he ran away for 40 years. Until the Pharaoh that knew him died. And one day while he was taking care of the sheep of his in-law, something happened. Let's look at it. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to where? The mountain of God even to Horeb. It was called the mountain of God because there were several visitations of God that took place in that mountain. Verse 2. Then something happened. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of what? Of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. How many of you know that's not normal? How many of you know that's not normal? If fire is consuming something or fire is on something, one of the elements of fire is consumption. It will consume anything it wants. But there was this peculiar sight that Moses saw. He saw fire in a bush burning, but the bush was not burning. That was a sign. That was a wonder. That was actually a miracle. Because it's not normal. And so when he saw that, and God did that because God wanted to get his attention. It is not normal for you to see a fire burning in a bush and the bush is not burnt. When you see things like this, you want to find out what's going on. Out of curiosity, Moses said, let me get closer and find out what kind of sight is this. And watch this. He says, and Moses said, I will not turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. Trust me, brothers and sisters, wherever there is a manifestation of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough, it will gather and attract attention. Somebody say, get ready for divine attention. Get ready for human attention. When the operations of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough takes effect in your life, be the center of attention. It will happen. Go to, go to Exodus 7.3. I just want to establish some foundation, which is important. Please make sure you pay attention and you don't miss this. Verse 3. Exodus 7, 3. Are you there? I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And listen to what God said. 
and multiply what? My signs and my wonders where? In the land of Egypt. So God claimed ownership of signs and wonders. He says my signs and my wonder. So this two scripture and so many other ones establishes the truth that God is a God of sign, wonders, miracles, and bring. There is no way you can be connected to God and no experience them. Not possible. Number two, second truth. Write this down. The second truth you must know is that signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough is a product of the supernatural life. Science, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough is a product of the supernatural life that we have in Christ. The day you got born again, you were born into a supernatural life. Everybody say supernatural life. Everybody say supernatural life. Supernatural means that which is above the natural. The life that we have in Christ is an everlasting life. It's a supernatural life. And one of the things you need to understand about that life is that that life is the source of signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. So when we talk about SWMB, um, I'm going to use the acronym. SWMB. When we talk about SWMB, we're talking about the manifestation of the supernatural life that we have in Christ. That's what you possess. You're, the day you got born again, you were born into a supernatural life. Are you hearing me? Another word for supernatural is the word miraculous. You were, you were taken away from the norm or the normal life and you were born into what? A supernatural life. And one of the wisdom you must keep in mind is that if you understand what you're born into, then your expectation should be influenced by what you carry. You are supposed to expect every day signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough to follow you. It is part of what you've been born into. It is now your new reality. Say my new reality. The life of Christ is a life of signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. Quickly, turn your Bible to Acts 2.22. Acts 2.22. I'm building this. Acts 2.22. What did he say? Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. So if you're born again, you are approved of God. Say amen. Yeah. Oh, come on. Say a good amen. Yeah. Don't let the devil lie to you. You are approved of God. Glory be to God. Among you by what? By miracles and wonders and signs. Which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. If Jesus was approved by the manifestations of miracles, signs, and wonders, that should be in your life too. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I've always developed this ever since I got born again, that I am not normal and usual. I am unusual. I don't expect usual things to happen to me. Failure is a usual thing. But success is unusual. I don't believe in failure. It may look like I failed, but in my mind, I didn't fail. I just learned a lesson. Because in, in the kingdom, failure is not an end. It's a bend. It only becomes an end when your light stops you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
No matter how many times you fail in the eyes of men, God will never call you a failure. Because if God calls you a failure, he's calling himself a failure. For as he is, so are you. Is God a failure? Is God a failure? Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. God has given you his life. His life is his nature. So he cannot afford to call you according to where you are and what you're going through and what is happening to you. He can only call you by himself. That's why God said, he said, what God has cleansed, let no man call unclean. Somebody say amen. If Jesus was approved by miracles, wonders, and signs, brother, that should be your life. Did you hear what I said? Stop expecting anything less. Whenever sit, well, listen, it doesn't matter what's going on in the country right now. It doesn't matter what's happening to the, the Naira, dollar. It, those things should not bother you. What you carry is far bigger than them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you allow man's opinion to define you, you will deny your reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. God is true to his nature. That means what you are designed for will not stop speaking as long as you believe and cooperate with it. Say amen. Come on, say a good amen. amen. Say a good amen. amen. Thus all who are born again are automatically born into the life, the realm, and the experience of signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. The day you got born again, you were born into a life. Somebody say, I was born into a life. You were born into a realm. Somebody say, a realm. That word realm means domain or reality. That means your reality is not defined by this natural realm anymore. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. The world should not detect your happiness. The world should not detect your progress. The world should not detect your future. The world should not detect your destiny. Because the day you got born again, you've been born into a life. You've been born into a realm. And you've been born into an experience. Of continuous signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthroughs. When people look at your life, they say, wow, what kind of life is it? You tell them, you say, it's a life of God. Say amen. amen. Tell them, say, I don't live a normal life. Say, I live a supernatural life. Come on, come on, say that. Say, I don't live a normal life. Let me ask you a question. When the Bible says, little children, you've overcome the first John 4, 4. For greater is he that is what? Is in you than he that is where? Let me ask you a question. Why is the greater one inside you? The reason is inside you so that it can be greater through you. Is that not true? Because when the greater operates through you, you are called an overcomer for that reason alone. So in the eyes of God, you carry the greater one so you can have greater experiences. Somebody say amen. And part of the greater life that the greater one releases upon us is a life of signs wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. I've had some strange experiences in my life that don't make sense. And, 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 but, but you need to receive them. Somebody say receive them. Because if I, if I make some comment now, some of you, because you, are, you don't have a revelation of what you are and what you carry in Christ, you, you are resisting certain things God wants to open in your life because of your small mind. You're limiting what that life you now carry, that life, that realm, and that experience of signs wonders, you're resisting them because of the way you think. But this morning, somebody say this morning, every limitation, say that with boldness, say every limitation, say every limitation, 
is lifted in the name of Jesus. Say with me, say, I embrace my heritage of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. From today, it will be said of someone, if you believe it, receive it. Why is your own always different? See the way some of you answer, as if you don't, you don't, you're not, you don't, you're not interested. Is your, is your bucket, is your bucket. But for those who believe, say from today, today. it will be different for me. See, things are not working for me because I'm a man of God. It works for me because I'm a child of God. Did you hear what I said? The, the reason, I'm a man of God for assignment purpose. But the favor of God works on me because I am a child of God. And that's who you are too. Because in the eyes of God, there is no favorite. If anybody feels special, it's because that's the way they've chosen to think. So when, Paul, when John wrote his epistle, he said, John, the one that the Lord loves. That's the way he called himself. If he pay, you call yourself too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come and say glory be to God. So when you're born again, you're born into a life realm and experience of signs, wonders, and miracles. Mark 16, 17 to 18 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. What do they believe? That believe in Jesus. In my name, they shall do what? They shall cast out devils. That, that's supernatural. It's not, normal. it's not normal to cast out devils. It's supernatural to cast out devils. But the day you got born again, you were born into a supernatural life that gives you power and authority to drive out devils. Say amen. amen. They will speak with new tongues. They will have the ability to speak in spirit language. Everybody say spirit language. Now, they will be able to speak the language of God. I call speaking in tongues spirit language. It is spirit talking to spirit. The day you got born again, you were born into that realm. Born into the capacity and ability to speak in spirits. Say amen. Say a good amen. amen. Say your best language is not English. Your best language is tongue. Did you hear what I said? Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongue more than you all. That means outside the church and outside when Paul deals with the people, Paul prays in tongue a lot. And many of us, we only use tongue when there's a problem. But that's your life. When you pray in the spirit, it reminds you of the reality that you belong to. Of the realm that you're born into and the capacity you carry from that realm. Are you hearing me? In my name they shall do what? They shall speak with new tongues. Say amen. They shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. So if you're put in any danger, there's an immunity inside you. Come and say immunity. Say that. Say an immunity. Maybe you're just walking and a serpent had uh, touched me, black one, with his tongue, my back leg. I didn't even know. I just felt something cold at the back of my leg, touching me. And I hope you know when a serpent is licking you, it's not because you are sweet. I hope you know that. Eh? When a serpent is licking you and a black one for that matter, it's not because you are sweet. Or you are sweet. It's to, it's to strike you. So, apparently, God protected me. I saw it. We killed it anyway. Same thing happened to Paul. A viper called his hands. And a viper is one of the most deadliest poisonous snake there is. When he strikes, the victim dies in less than one minute. We just drop and we start to swell. But the moment it called Paul's hand, Paul just shook it into the fire. Why? Because he understood the supernatural life that he carries. Somebody say, I have a supernatural life. Come on, say that. Say, I have a supernatural life. Say, I refuse the natural to harm me. Say it three times. Say it again. 
Say it one more time. Say I refuse the natural to harm me. Say I've been born into a supernatural life. Say I've been born into a supernatural life. Say I choose to live above the limitation of the natural life. Because I have a supernatural life. Say, say I have a supernatural life. You, you better say that like you believe that. Say that that you believe that. I've seen some amazing demonstration of God's power. Not just for protection, but also for favor. Do you know favor is not something you should pray for? Favor is something that follows you. Read your Bible very carefully. There's no scripture that says you should pray for favor. I know you pray for it, but there's no scripture that supports that. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's why in the New Testament, favor was only referred to in manifestations. What the Bible talks about that follows you is an upgrade of favor called grace. In Psalm 5 verse 12, he said the Lord will bless the righteous and with favor, will you do what? Surround them like a shield. Now that's old covenant. How much more new covenant? I hope you know in new covenant we have a better one. What is a better? Including the old and an upgrade to the old. Is that not so? So if favor surrounded them in the old covenant, then in the new covenant we carry it inside us. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Say I am a favor carrier. Your problem is that you don't think like a favored person. That's your problem. And how you think affects what manifests in your life. Are you hearing me? Look at you know, say I'm a favored person. Say I expect favor to speak for me. I expect favor to speak through me. Come on, say that. Say I refuse to be ignored. Say because I am the favored of the Lord. To be blessed is to be favored. So from today, stop praying for favor and, stop and start expecting favor to speak for you every day. Come on, say what me. Say, I am favored. Do you know one of the help of the Spirit is favor? Do you know that? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Come on, say, the Lord is my favor. Say, the Lord is my favor. Years ago, I went for a train. I was working then. That was more than 10 years ago. That was before I resigned. But to go for a training in Lagos. Some of you know the testimony. We got to the airport and uh, they said the flight has been cancelled and the only way to go is to go from Owerri. The driver that brought me to the office had gone and there was no way I could reach him. I was just pacing around in the airport to and fro. A Prado Jeep saw me. He said, hey, are you going to Lagos? I said, yes. But I didn't know the man. The man didn't know me. He said, come, follow me. We were, there were other people there. Why did he pick me? Tell your neighbor, say favor. favor. See, stop acting strange when favor shows up. It's your heritage. Your problem is that all the people that should do well, do you well, must know you. That's a natural man way of thinking. Do you understand what I mean? That's how natural men think. And if you think like that, you will limit the power of God in your life. So I followed him with God. We got talking. Turned out to be one of the executive director of one of the banks then. And we got to where he took the flight. I was going, thanked him. Thank you for the help. As I was going, I said, excuse me, um, where are you going in Lagos? I said, I'm going to VI. He said, okay, uh, my driver is here to pick me. You can join me. He will drop me off along your, the way. That's to Bagada side. Then he will take you to where you're going. So I was like, okay, thank you. So I entered. We came on one E-class, came to pick him then. We got to, as I was going, I said, by the way, 
um, how long are you going to be in Lagos? I said, three days. He said, where are you staying? I said, I'll stay with a friend. He said, well, there's a guest house I have. You can go and use it. I said, okay. Then he, the driver dropped him. So I told the driver, I said, excuse me. Is it like this? Because I don't know him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know him. <laughs> he said, okay. just take it that God has favored you today. I said, amen. So he dropped me. And uh, when I was through with the training, he called before my training ended. He said, when are you closing? I said, five. He said, the driver will pick you from your training to the guest house. The guest house was via just a few stroke to where my training was. So I went there. And I was thinking maybe once more, I saw a room. The bed is as big. I've never seen a bed as big as that. When I saw the bed, the wardrobe, there was four. Then there was a personal shelf. I was like, uh -uh, what's going on here? Then my, my natural mind almost came up and like, hey, we better be very careful. This kind of thing, you know, they, you know, they come like that too. And that's how some of you, you are so fear-cultured and fear-conditioned that when God wants to show you favor, you can't even tell the difference between divine favor and setup. That's what almost happened to me. So by 12 o'clock, I couldn't sleep. Ah, how can everything just be so nice like that? And I don't know the man from anywhere. So I now got up, checking everywhere, open under the bed, check everywhere, just to be sure that there's nothing from there. As I was busy doing that, the Holy I heard the voice, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to be careful. He said, eh? Careful. He said, are you telling me I can't favor you? I said, no, Lord. Ah, I said, oh, is this what you do? I'm sorry. I went to bed, slept like a baby till the next morning. I heard a knock on my door. Pop, 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 pop. Sir, what will you have for breakfast? I said, che. <laughs> and I thought that was the end. He now called, he said, there's an SUV that is going to be sent to you. Use it to go for your training and come back and go anywhere you want to go while you are in Lagos for the three days. Some of you, you see your traditional mindset. It's not a lie. I just can't, which can't, it won't take you to do money. I'm still here. Tell me a favor. favor. Some strange things will begin to happen to someone here. I said some strange things will begin to happen to someone here. Yeah. Glory be to God. Say amen. amen. Say I'm born, I'm born again for signs, for wonders, and miracles. Yeah. The disciples walked in it too. Let me read three scriptures. Write them down. I will wait for you to go so you don't delay me. Acts 2, 43 to 44. See the strange manifestations of favor. Verse 43, Acts 2, 43. And fear came upon every soul. This was a God fear. Everybody say God fear. God. And this kind of fear is not a fear that, that has a negative impact. It was a fear with a holy reverence. They saw things they could not explain. They saw things that did not make sense. That was the... And may, may that fear come upon us in Jesus' name. And... Fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by who? The apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Verse 45. And sold their... Nobody told them. No, say with me, say nobody told them. Sold their possessions and their goods and parted them to all men. 
as every man had need. Can you imagine people who went to church that day never had any inclination that people were going to sell what they own and give them? But that's what it does. When you're born again, you're born into a supernatural life. So you should have supernatural expectation. The problem we are facing today in Christianity is that the majority of believers have natural expectation, not supernatural expectation. And that affects the way our faith functions because your expectation is your faith. What you expect is what you believe. And if your expectation is natural, then your faith will only be natural stuff. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the problem with expecting the natural is that you will be a victim of disappointment. Because sometimes when you expect from men, they will fail you. Did you hear what I said? They will do what? They will fail you. Sometimes the person you thought may not do anything for you and you will get angry. Somebody will feel that uh, because he's my brother and I thought that when he became a commissioner, he will help me. And he became a commissioner and he didn't even remember to call you throughout his tenure. They will get angry. How can you say wicked people, wicked people? Wait, stop, stop bad belaying people. Know your status and function. What did I say? There is nothing anybody has that will make me jealous. Never. In fact, I never born the person. I will rejoice with you and for you, but to think that what you think is a threat to me, you're joking. Never. Never. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, never. I've seen a lot of people coming to this church, wealthy, very wealthy. And if I'm the kind of pastor that compromised, I would have lost my authority and my credibility. But I will never stop speaking truth. Are you hearing me? Because I know God. I know the God I serve. And so should you. They that know their God shall be strong and do. So that when men disappoint, you will smile and laugh over it. Say amen. amen. You will not tie it inside your stomach. Say, see there, when, they, when I say they suppose, 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 you'll be doing like that all your life, oh. suppose, 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 in fact, that will be your next name, Mr. Suppose, Mrs. Suppose, don't mind there, when they suppose, suppose, when I think, say they suppose, is it man you are looking up to, or God? Men are channeled, and channels are permitted to be exchangeable, but the source remains the same, always setting, always assured, somebody say Amen. Acts 5.12 And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrath among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now this was amazing. This was amazing. This was after the miracle that took place of the crippled. And, and many signs and wonders were done. And I decree from today many signs and wonders will be done through your hands in Jesus name. Somebody shout Amen. amen. Acts 14.3 Long time therefore about day that's the disciples speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Granted what? Signs, wonders to be done by their hands. Write this down. The Holy Spirit was responsible or is responsible for the manifestation of signs, wonders, miracle and breakthrough the holy ghost is responsible he was responsible for the manifestation in jesus's life he was responsible for the manifestation of it also in the lives of the disciples and praise god we have the same holy ghost amen if he did it in the life of jesus if he did it in the life of the apostles we are not different same spirit same faith and if he did it in them brothers and sisters it should be happening in your life too say amen say a good amen, amen. say a good amen, amen. Write Romans 15, 18. Paul spoke carefully. 
He said, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrath or done by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and by deed. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Erechim, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. What am I saying? The reason that the Holy Ghost manifests signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough is not for you. What did I say? <laughs> it's not to advertise you. It's to advertise Christ. Did you hear what I said? The reason signs, wonders, and miracles operate in our life is not because of us. It's to advertise Christ. It's to reveal and to glorify Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hello. The reason we are candidates, the reason we are channels and manifestation display channels for signs, wonders, and miracles is because Jesus is to be revealed and glorified through our lives. Amen. Amen. If you understand this, you will never stop flowing in that. Because whatever God is doing in your life is not to promote you, it's to promote Christ. What did I say? Yeah. Because the problem that has happened to many of us that has disconnected a lot of believers from the flow of the miraculous is that when God begins to manifest in they think it's about them. They build a tabernacle around it and they own it instead of giving the glory to God. The moment you steal what God is doing in your life and you personalize it, and make it about you instead of Christ, then it will stop. Because the reason God is walking in your life is to glorify himself. Say amen. amen. Turn your Bible to John 3.30, everybody. Let's read that. If you understand this truth, then you will never stop experiencing signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthroughs in your life. Are you hearing me? John 3 verse 30. What does it say there? Want to go. What did he say? Want to go. Who must increase and who must decrease? Who must increase and who must decrease? So let's read. Want to go? And who? So the more God manifests in you, the more they should see Jesus. What did I say? Don't, don't hijack God's breakthrough in your life. Don't hijack the sign. Don't hijack the wonders. And don't hijack the miracle. There are many people, before they began to flow in mighty manifestations of the Spirit, they were very humble. They will not miss prayer meeting. They will not miss church. They will serve in the house of God. Only one breakthrough. Everybody say one breakthrough. Say it now. Come on. One say it. Say one breakthrough. one breakthrough. Only one breakthrough. The pastor will become very small in their eyes. The church will not be fitting to their levels anymore. And they will hijack it and make it about them. And once they do that, they disconnect themselves from the flow. Because it's never about you. It's about him. You hear what I said? What did I say? Even the wife that you married, the reason you married that woman is an opportunity to serve Christ in the life of that woman. That man you marry, the reason you marry the man, it's not about you. It's an opportunity to serve Christ in his life. Are you hearing me? The children God gave you, it's not your property. I know you say my children, but they're not. The day they will leave you, you know. They are just custodians. You are custodians to them, sorry. Bible says train up a child in the way he or she should go. Remember my wife, we were having a, a, a chat recently. And I said the purpose of parenting 
is to instill in children values that will help them walk as representative of Christ. So the best thing you give children is what you put inside them. But if you have an ownership property mindset as if they are one of the assets inside your collection, you will be like that man that God judged in Luke chapter 12. Who after being blessed, he said, my soul, enjoy yourself. Tomorrow we'll drink and go. God said, you're a fool. Say this night, you see that breath in your nose, I will collect it. Then you will tell me what will happen to this, your property that you have. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, Babylon that I have acquired by my strength and by my mind. God said, eh. The Bible said, why the word was where? Still in his mouth. God says, today, that thing you are boasting is taken away from you. You know what pride is? Pride is stealing God's glory. That's what pride is. And one of the biggest idolatry facing us today is for us to corner and hijack what God is doing in our life and make it our... We now assume personal control as if we are the one doing it. No, 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 it's not. Oh. Look at everybody say, it's not me. Oh. Come on, say that. Look and say, it's not me. Oh. Come on, say that. Say, it's not me. Oh. Say, it's not me. Oh. When you continue to think and talk like that, brothers and sisters, the level of signs and wonders Miracles and breakthrough will enlarge and increase in your life. Say amen. amen. Say amen. Everything we do and God does through us is to promote Christ, not we. Tell the number says to promote Jesus. So even the money in your account is not your own. I know you think it's yours. So stop behaving like an owner. We are stewards. Paul said we came to this world with nothing and we are going to live with what? With nothing. So handle it with a sense of of stewardship. The reason God gave you access to what you have, I was prophesying to someone not too long, and I said the reason God gave you a heart for law is so you can represent him on a higher level. It's not about your profession. Who is interested in your profession? You are not actually a doctor. Nobody is a doctor. A doctor is an opportunity to serve with an acquired skill and capacity. That's not who you are. I know we would define ourselves by our profession. But you are not a profession. <laughs> you are a child of God. Did you hear what I said? Your profession is a capacity to do what? To start. Because there are some of you, there's this ego that enters you when they call you manager. Do you know you are talking to a manager? What does that mean? Just come teach a small chichi they give you. Your head will just boom. Once you act like that, you disconnect from the flow. Because what brought that into your life was not you. So don't take credit for what you didn't begin. Do you understand that? Did you hear what I said? Jesus said in John 4, he said, we have reaped where others sow. There are some things you are enjoying today, you didn't sow the seed. Oh. Am I lying? There are some prayers that were prayed for you by your forefathers. People in your family that knew God. You don't even know them. But they prayed and made certain sacrifices because of you. And now, with all the onslaught of the devil against you, what they pray is still speaking over your life. So also should you pray for the generations to come if Jesus tarries. Are you hearing me? Because what God will begin, what can cut it off in the shortest possible time is to begin to practice ownership of what belongs to God. Are you hearing me? Tell your neighbor, say, my life is a testimony to God's goodness. If God uses you to bless anybody, thank God. It's just a sample of a greater thing that will come. One man blessed me with four cars. Gave me an M-Class, gave me two Range Rover, and the one I'm driving. That's not normal. Did you hear what I said? I am not his brother. 
we are not biologically related. I was preaching in a school and he heard me preach and the word of God in my mouth entered his heart. And from that day he became my friend. Until tomorrow he believes in what God is doing in my life. That takes God. I would be foolish to think it's me. Do you understand what I mean? So, so you know when you want to own what God has given you, you not try to, not try to, you want to make the thing, um, you want to speak spirit, spirit, and you know it's not spirit, spirit that brought it. Did you hear what I said? You want to mechanize the anointing. You want to repackage and rebrand the anointing in your way. Tell your neighbor, say it's not me. Leave your seat. Go to four people, say it's not me. Say, 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 say it's Jesus. Oh, it's not me. Oh, it's not me. It's not me. Say it's Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is the humility that keeps the flow going. Did you hear what I said? That's the humility because there are many who have taken ownership of what they did not begin. Because the realm we're talking about is a realm that grows in intensity. So don't interfere with it. Did you hear what I said? All right. Now, let me begin a random. What does it take to walk or enter the season of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. Now, listen to this. Even though all believers have been born into the life, say, I've been born into the life. Come on, say that. Say, I've been born into the life. Now, now, please, when we use the word life, I hope you know life is not just something you are. Life is a person. That person is who? Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when I use the word life, I'm talking about the person of who? Jesus. Say, I've been born into the life. I've been born into the realm. That word realm means reality domain. That's your new zone. I've been born into the realm. And say with me, say, an experience. The word experience means it should begin to manifest in your natural life. Experience of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. So that's, that's your status. Everybody says it's my status. Yeah, it's your status. But, but even though you have it as a status, for your status to speak requires understanding. You can, like for instance, if somebody gives you an inheritance and it's stored in a bank, and it's written in your name, signed to be given to you, and you went and signed for it. Is it your own, yes or no? Is it your own? Assuming they, they gave you $10 million as your inheritance. Is it your own? You've been signed, and they've given you access to the account. Are you with me? So that means, status-wise, your new bank balance is now what? So you know they don't use ATM to check that kind of balance. Those who check balance with ATM, you are still growing. Eh? I hope you know. I know some of you don't know. There's a level to check balance with ATM. But there's a level you grow. You don't check balance. The bank manager will call you. Okay, this is your balance for the month. Uh, do, you have anything, do you have anything you want to do this month? Please let me know. Then he will, he will not send clerk. He will send the operation manager with a car to come and collect your check in the house and take it to the bank, bring the money, and give you. They will be the one to remind you of your children. Say, you know, say your son's birthday is coming up next month. What do you have in mind? 
May you get there in Jesus' name. So you know that poverty is not good. Truly wealthy people don't carry cash. I hope you know that. They don't carry cash. Their name is money. They don't carry cash. So the way some of you are holding this money when you are giving offering, may God deliver you. The way you, the way you squeeze the money, just keep it. <laughs> okay? So even if something has been credited to you, it only becomes beneficial when you make withdrawal. Is that not true? And you use them. Alright? So we're born into the life, we're born into the realm, we're born into the experience. But how do we withdraw it? How do we make it operational? It takes understanding. Everybody say understanding. And Jesus gave us the understanding. Go to John 6, verse 28 and 29. Are you learning something? Very good. Quickly. John 6, 28, 29. What is the operational understanding we need to enter into the season of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. John 6, 28, 29. I'd like us to read it together. Are you there? What does he say? Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might walk the works of God? Walking the works of God is operating in the supernatural. Operating in the supernatural is manifesting signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. So they asked Jesus, we know you do this thing. So tell us, what does it take to live that kind of life? Verse 29, everybody. What did he say? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he had sent. So Jesus gave them a very simple answer. You want to do what I do? You want to see what I see? Very simple. Believe in the one who is sent. And who is he? Jesus. So, what is the key to operating in unseasoned flow of signs, wonders, and miracles? Tell anybody, say, believe Christ. believe Christ. Come on, say that. Say, believe Christ. Believe Christ. I didn't hear everybody. Look at anybody, say, believe Christ. Believe Christ. I, I hope you know that the, the believe Christ is on two levels. There is the believing that made you born again. Are you hearing me? Let me show you. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Because this is where many of us make a mistake. To believe, there is a believing in his finished work and the fact that God raised him from dead saved you. But that does not mean you stop to believe him. John, 1 John chapter 5, everybody. Glory be to God. 1 John chapter 5. Are we there? Yes, sir. All right. He says, verse 13. You're welcome, Victor. Good to see you. I also invited him. Okay? Ask your neighbor, which one did you invite? Very good. First John 5, verse 13. Are you there? When we use the word believe, it's not just about being born again. Being born again is one thing. First John 5, 13. Can we read it together? What did he say? These things have I written unto you that believe on the Son of God. That belief that's referring to the belief that got you born again. Is that not so? Romans 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, I'm writing to you that believe. So, that means you're born again because you believe on the name of the Son of God. That's number one. Then number two, what did he say next? That you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe. On who? On the name of the Son of God. And who is he? Jesus. So, there is a belief that saves you. 
And there is a belief that you engage that keeps the flow of his life operational in your life. Did you hear what I said? That's what Jesus was telling them. You want to do what I do, then you must believe. Believe in me. Tell anybody, say, believe in Christ. Believe in Christ. Say, believe in Christ. Believe. Now, write this down. What does it mean to believe in Christ? What does it mean to believe in Christ? When you say believe on the name of, what does it mean to believe on the name of Jesus? Or what does it mean to believe Christ? Write this down. Please make sure you're writing this down. Because I'm, I'm, I'm putting in your hand divine wisdom that will weaponize you for a manifestation of signs, wonders, and miracles. So you need to know this. Are you there? Alright, what does it mean to believe in Christ? Write this down. It simply means to believe what he has done for you through the cross. So when you say you believe in Christ, it means you believe what he has what? What he has done. Tell me, say to believe in Christ. I'm not hearing everybody. Not yet everybody. Is to believe in what he has done. So when, when John said that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, why did he say that? He's referring to believing in what he has done. Did you hear what I said? And I got a very powerful expression from the Holy Ghost that will help you. Are you ready for this? Oh, come on, come on. Write this down. This is, this, is a very, this is a quote one. By the way, I'm going to release a book called A Chronicle of Inspired Wrath or Quote where most of the things I've been putting will be compiled in volumes. Write this down. What Christ has done must become our belief system if they are going to be operational in our lives. That blessing. When, when, when I got that from the Holy Ghost, he blessed me. What Christ has done must become what? Our belief system if they will become operational in our life. So it's not enough to know that Christ has made me well. Do you believe it? It's not enough to know that you are rich in Christ. Do you believe it? Because many do not believe their status in Christ. Hello? They don't. Many do not even believe in healing. Many do not even believe in divine health. Many don't even believe that they are favored. Why do we pray for some of the things that is already part of us? Because we don't believe. When you do not believe, you begin to ask God to give you what he has already given you. So when I say I believe in Christ, it simply means I believe in what he has done for me. So until what Christ has done become our belief system, they are, going, they are not going to be operational in our life. Are you hearing me? You know what a belief system is? When something is a belief system, it simply means it regulates the way you think and the way you act. Are you hearing me? What does it do? It regulates the way you think and the way you act. You don't think like everybody. You don't act like everybody. You think Christ and you act Christ. That's why we have the mind of Christ. Say amen. Are you hearing me? When an opportunity comes for you to be afraid, you don't think like a man who is afraid. You think like someone who is in Christ and is a new creature. And the Bible says, God has not given me what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. That's a believer whose mentality has been adjusted and cultured according to who he is. Did you hear what I said? When times are hard and you look at your account balance and it doesn't look encouraging, you don't look at the account balance and call yourself according to your account balance. You call yourself according to who you are in Christ. That's why the Bible says the communication of your faith 
will become effectual of producing the desired result by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ. Say amen. So, because I know who I am. Because you know the reason why some of you, you're born again, you speak in Tongo. But all it takes to mess you is just one small, one small emotional experience. Somebody break your heart, according to you. And it breaks your heart. They will just know because you will not come to church for one month. When they call yourself, I say, I'm, say, I'm very low. I'm down. Down where? So I'm in a very low point of life. Who put you there? Have you not read the Bible say you are the head? And not the tail? And let the weak say? So what are you calling yourself? Why are you calling yourself? Which, what are you naming yourself? Who, who told you? Who, who spoke to you? Who did you listen to? Alright, so let's look at four belief systems that will launch us into a continuous live stream of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. Everybody say four belief systems. And this belief system are based on Christ and what he has done for us. Because everything Jesus has done must become your belief system if you're going to experience them. Did you hear what I said? Know that you have eternal life, that's one, but that you may believe. Because if you don't believe, the value of eternal life will not speak in your life. Say amen. First belief system to walk in a life of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. Every one of you know it. Trust me. You must be born again. What did I say? I don't need to spend time on that. But you must be born again. Because if you're not born again, you are not qualified for this life of signs, wonders, miracles. You may go and borrow Satan's home. Sure you know Satan does lying wonders too. Yeah, but it's fake. It doesn't last. Satan will never help you out of a good mind because he's not a good person. Bible calls him the wicked one. So if he helps you, he's a wicked person that is helping you. And, and there is no help in a wicked person's help. I hope you know that. I hope you know that. You know, in the book of Proverbs, the tender mercy of the wicked is what? Is cruel. It's tender. Tender means soft. But if it's coming from the wicked, it's a cruel one. So they are softly killing you. Did you hear what I said? Aha, that's what the Bible says. So you must be born again. John 3, verse 3 to verse 7. When Jesus met Nicodemus, let me read it. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. What does it mean to see? It means to become aware and experience. To be born again is to be born into the realm of Christ. Glory be to God. To be born into what? This is what we should let people know. When you are born again, you are born into the life, into the realm, and into the experience of Christ's dominion. That's where you're born. Say, no, if except you're born, you cannot see or become aware or experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, like any natural man, reacted. How can a man be born when he's old? Do you, you look me where? I'm a very old man. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say, except a man be born of water, which is the word, and of the spirit, he cannot enter. The word enter means to begin to function. So the quali basic qualification to a life of sign, wonders, and miracles, and breakthrough is to be what? To be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, which is our all natural birth. 
and that which is born of the spirit which you're born again by the holy ghost by believing and confessing christ as your lord is spirit marvel not i say to thee you must to be born again is not an option it's what a must it's a must sin disconnected man from the god domain which is the domain of signs wonders miracles and brain. because when god created adam he gave adam dominion Say, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue. But when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were disconnected from that realm. So they were driven away from the Garden of Eden. But praise God. Somebody say, praise God. I didn't hear you. Come on. Jesus came to reconnect man back to that domain. Glory be to God. So being born again qualifies us to see and enter the realm of signs, wonders, and miracles. Number two, second belief system. Write this down. The second belief system that you must begin to think like. You must be baptized with the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in tongue. You must be what? You must be what? Baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue. Once you are saved, the next most experience you must have immediately after you are born again is to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Go to John chapter 7. I'm just emphasizing it along my message. So I want you to get the truth. So if you're here and you don't pray in tongues, get ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Say amen. John 7, 37 to 39. Are we there? Let's read it together. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst. See, in born, to be born again, you have an option. You don't have an option. But to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have an option, but even though you need him, because it's, the, the Holy Ghost will not force himself on you. Did you hear what I said? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall do what? Shall flow. So the spirit will cause the life of God to flow out of the believer's belly. The word belly there means your spirit. Your human spirit. Not your belly where you, where you, where you eat food. Alright? Then verse 39. He now explained the baptism of the Holy Ghost this way. But this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive. Tell your neighbor, say, if you are born again, you should receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue. Because Jesus said so. Is that clear? This speaking of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was yet glorified. And the great news is that Jesus has been glorified and the Holy Ghost has been given 2,000 years ago. Say Amen. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost releases the believer into the flow experience of the life of Christ. Eternal life. The scripture says when the believer is baptized in the Holy Ghost, out of his belly or spirit will flow rivers of what? Living. That's an illustrative metaphoric expression of the life of God flowing out of you in form of signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. That's what the rivers of living water is all about. It's a flow of SWMB. That's what it is. Hebrew chapter 2 verse 4 says, 
God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, he is the source. Somebody says the source. Is the source and supervisor and releaser of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. So when you are baptized, you give the Holy Ghost the due place and the due right to manifest them through your life. Say amen. The flow of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough comes from what the Bible calls an endowment of power from on high. It takes power to command signs, wonders, and miracles. And that power comes from the Holy Ghost. Somebody say from the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1.8, But you shall receive what? Power! After who? The Holy Ghost is come upon you. So when you got baptized with the Holy Ghost, you were baptized with power for signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. When you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking, what are you baptized with? Power for what? For signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. And in Acts 1.8, the Greek word for power there is dunamis. That word dunamis is translated in the Greek as miraculous power. So when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you are baptized with what? Miraculous power. If you speak it, don't say, I have miraculous power. Shout it, say, I have miraculous power. Say, I have miraculous power. Glory be to God. Are you still there? All right, number three, belief system. After this, we have just one more. We've looked at two belief systems. What's the first one? You must be born again. What is the second one? You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And number three, write this down. You must respect the Holy Spirit. What is the third one? Very few Christians recognize that they can respect or disrespect the Holy Spirit. You can. The Holy Ghost is the helper that Christ has given to the believer. The day you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the helper took his residence and his mission is to help you. But you can disrespect him. You know, our Heavenly Father and Christ, they are very protective of the Holy Ghost. They are very what? Yeah. Jesus said you can slam me, blaspheme, you know, blaspheme against me all you want. He said, but don't go where the Holy Ghost is. Say, because if you do that, you will not be forgiven here or forgiven over there. Don't worry, it's not easy to commit blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Trust me. Paul says it's impossible if you have tested life to go back. So don't be scared about that one. But that's just to tell you the extent to which the, uh, the Spirit, I mean Jesus, protects the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You must learn to respect the Holy Ghost if you're going to flow in science, wonders, and miracles. Believers who do not respect the Holy Ghost don't flow in it. Are you hearing me? 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Let's look at what the Bible says. There are certain attitudes we display that we don't realize disrespect the Holy Ghost. And once you disrespect the Spirit, you disconnect yourself from Him, from His flow. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. What does it say? Very short one. It says, quench not the Spirit. Say with me. Say, quench not the Spirit. I'm very sure everybody knows what the meaning of quench means here. Say, quench up, quench up, quench up. Let me put it off. An English word for that means to extinguish, to put out. Now, listen to this. While I was meditating on this, the Spirit of God adjusted and fine-tuned my understanding of this verse. When the Spirit is quenched, it means it is extinguished. But it doesn't leave you. 
Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you quench him, he doesn't leave. But if he doesn't leave, what happens? Once you quench, it means you have stopped yielding to him. Sometimes, I have even preached in time past that when you quench the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost will leave. No, he doesn't leave. Because the gifts and the calling of God are what? Without repentance. I will never, that's what he said. He said, I will never leave nor forsake you. But when you quench the spirit, what it means is that you put it out. You stop yielding to his workings in your life. So that means when he speaks, you will not hear. When he guides you, you will not receive. Did you hear what I said? So to quench the spirit means to stop yielding to the Holy Ghost. To quench the spirit means what? And trust me, that's dangerous for a believer. To, to quench means to yield, stop. And once you stop yielding to the Holy Ghost, you stop benefiting from him as your helper. Did you hear what I said? Hello? Are you here? If you, stop, if you quench, it means you stop yielding. And if you stop yielding, you stop benefiting from your helper. How do we quench the spirit? Another word for quench means to disrespect. The opposite of respect is what? Disrespect. Is that not true? Yeah. And when you disrespect someone, it means you don't honor the person. You don't respect the person. And it's possible to disrespect him. Write this word. I'll give you four words that explain the word disrespect. When you disrespect the Holy Ghost, are you paying attention? So that I'm teaching you this so that you don't, you don't do that in your life. There are some struggles some of you have. It's because you are quenching the spirit in that area of your life. There are things you would have walked away from. Things that could have changed in your life. But you have quenched him in that area. And you have stopped yielding to him in that area. And as a result, you have not benefited from his help in that area. It was the Holy Ghost that told me when it was time for me to marry. Because I was, I was going to preach in Calabar. I was in Warrior. I stopped in one of my late cousin's place. I was fellowshiping with God that morning. And he spoke to me. He said, son... Tell me who you want to get married. I'm like, I said, will you be asking me the question? No, you, now you make me now. You know the one when, when it fits me. Give me that one. It was a test and I passed it. I never prayed for a wife one day. I did it. God is my weakness. Oh God, today we must marry by fire, by force. Oh, wait a No. Mm, I don't do that. I knew his will. What you are doing by fire, by force. <laughs> That's not the way God designed it to work. Okay. Are you hearing me? He'll lead you. Because there's nothing you know about anybody that is enough. Did you hear what I said? Oh, trust me. That's why love is not a feeling. It's a choice. When you, when you marry somebody, two of you will learn it very soon. Don't worry. When you, when you marry somebody, it means I have chosen and committed to love you as Christ has commanded me to love you. Because I just think sweetie, two of you, you will see some things in your side that, ah, now so you may say now so. <laughs> and you will still love the person. Did you hear what I said? It's, forget all this not, not stupid motivational thing they teach you. Those things they tell you about love. Marry your friend. Marry which friend? You are not married because you are friend. Friend is not strong enough. Because there are some things the person will do. You say, why do they do like this now? Say, so no, not marry your friend. It's marry the God way. You love who God has led you. When God leads you, he gives you a love to love the person. So it's not, 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 not all those... Hollywood Telemundo expectation. Must be dark, tall, and handsome. You are dreaming. 
are dreaming, waiting for Todd that can answer. No problem. Show you, show everybody. Put it on signboard, be bored. See my husband. Go and do. Hallelujah. All right, four words to explain disrespect. When you disrespect, number one, you disregard. When you dis what do you do? Disregard. You don't regard it. So when you disrespect the spirit, you disregard him. Number two, you neglect. You don't pay attention to him. Then you ignore. You don't listen to him anymore. And three, you make a choice. You refuse. So even if the spirit is telling you something, you will not do it. You will do what you want. And God will not endorse that kind of life with signs, wonders, miracles, and what? And breakthrough. No. Because you're going to abuse it for your agenda rather than the agenda of Christ. Are you hearing me? We can disrespect the Holy Ghost in two ways. Write this down quickly. We can disrespect the Holy Ghost. Remember, the thought belief system is to respect the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to respect him, you must not disrespect him. How do you disrespect the Holy Spirit? Two ways. Number one, offense and malice. What did I say? What did I say? Yeah. What is offense? Offense is produced from strife, envy, and division. What you call quarreling. If you are a quarrelsome believer, you will offend the Holy Ghost in your life. Because the Holy Ghost does not go with somebody who is contentious. You know, there are some Christians that are, they like quarrel. If the place not shake, it's as if nothing, something is not right. They, any small thing, their voice has gone up. You can't flow with the Holy Ghost if you are contentious. You know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? It says it's better for a man to live on the roof of his house than to stay inside the house with a contentious woman. That's how the Holy Ghost is. When you are contentious, the Spirit of God is a gentle spirit. What did I say? What did I say? The Holy Ghost is a gentle spirit. He's not a grass gra spirit. His power is in his gentility. So if you're a quarrelsome, contentious person, you're going to have issue with the Holy Ghost. Let me show you where it is quickly. Ephesians 4, verse 30 and 31. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of love. So he does not flow through a heart of offense and malice. What does malice mean? I will explain it to you. Let's read the Bible. Ephesians 4, 30, 31. You want to flow with the Holy Ghost? You must avoid offense and malice. What did I say? And hear me, offense and malice are product of relationship. Don't allow anybody offend you to the point where you become bitter. It's not what it is. Did you hear what I said? It's not, you have too many things against you. Let people be people, but keep your heart free from offense. Did you hear what I said? I don't care whether you're a family person or not. There's nothing you would do that will make me so bitter. I'm bitter to the point that I'll carry bitterness because of you. Lie, lie, it won't happen. Anything you want to do, do with your life. Matthew, I mean, Ephesians 4, 30, 31. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Verse 31, everybody. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Why? Because malice, right? Is that malice means bad belay? What did I say? Because some of you know what bad belay is. Bad belay is a product of a wrongdoing 
that somebody did to you. So because the person did something bad to you, you now have what I call bad belly. Let me explain what I mean by bad belly. Are you ready for this? Bad belly means unforgiving and vengeful. When you have malice, you are unforgiving and you are vengeful. When people offend you, you find a way to take it back at them. There are some of you, somebody did something to you one year ago, it's still alive and where? It, it eats at your soul. You become bitter. Any small thing you have referred to it. That's how so did me. That's how so you are a bitter person. You are offending the Holy Ghost in your life. You're disrespecting him. The Holy Ghost is a spirit of love. And it doesn't flow in your heart that is loaded with malice. Forgive people whether they deserve it or not. Keep your heart free. Because the Holy Ghost cannot flow in a bitter heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The way we counter offense and malice is in verse 32. Verse 32. What does it say? Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven. See, when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean the person deserves it. You forgive it for the sake of your peace. Did you hear what I said? When you forgive someone, what it simply means is that you don't take responsibility for their action. No. When you forgive someone, it simply means I will not allow what you did to me to make me bitter. I will not give what you did to me power over my happiness and my joy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, I won't. So you can behave as bad as you want, but I will not let it, I won't allow it affect me. I told you myself, I grew from a polygamous family. My father did some funny things in polygamy. That's why polygamy is evil. It's not, it's not of God. Those of you that are saying that the Bible says you can marry more than one wife, no problem. God would have given Adam ten wives. Adam and Eve's. Is it not so? Because everything begins from beginning, Genesis. The pattern is in the Garden of Eden, Abi. Every other thing, you are not taking snapshots of the fall and want to use it as a standard. Go and marry 20 wives and, and God help you. Jesus said, in the beginning, it was not so. So don't try to prove God wrong. But, say, but why did Moses give those people a, a bill of divorce? He said, it's because of the hardness of your heart that is doing it. When you reject the ways of God and you want to produce your own way, you will reap what you will see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be kind. Tell nobody say be kind. be kind. So even if you're a bitter person, don't allow anybody, don't allow anybody's bitterness. My father did some things that pained me one time, but I was tempted to be very angry. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, what are you doing? I said, this did He said, yes, I know. He said, do you want to become like him? I said, no. He said, then stop it. He said, pray for him. Bless him. Ha! And as soon as I did it, from that day till he died, my heart was free towards him. There are some of you, even though your papa don't die, what do you do never die for your heart? You see, they are alive. When did they remember your father? Anytime you remember your father, they're doing twin, twin, twin. We don't stop. You're modifying your future. Let's my head twin. Let's my head twin. So what you say, you remember my papa. You don't die, too. You are now alive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying this to husband and wife. Sometimes your husband will do some stupid thing. What did I call it? Stupid things. Leave his stupidity to him. You keep your heart free. Pray. Holy Ghost, that's his own. Me, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to love. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to forgive. Are you hearing me? His peace is not better. 
Answer me now. Is there any gain in quarrel? When you quarrel, you have headache. Your blood pressure goes up. You develop wrinkle. Is that not true? You start breathing. Hey, hey, hey. Who they pursue you now yourself? The wicked run it when no one persuades them. So you become a wicked person. When you quarrel, quarrel of you will squeeze. Then, then if you are cooking, the soup will not be sweet again. Then the man will eat the food. The food will not be sweet again. Why? Because you're quarrel. You lose more when you quarrel. Is that not true? Answer me. Is it not true? You lose more when you quarrel. But you gain more when you walk in peace. There is nothing that cannot be resolved. It's only your pride. That's the problem. Say amen. amen. Second way we disrespect the Holy Ghost is by resisting him. What did I say? Acts 7.51. Quickly. Acts 7.51. Ye stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do you. One of the ways you can disrespect the Holy Ghost and not respect him is to resist him. Tell your neighbor, say, no behavior is private. You know, as we say, living, I'm in my team, that one, I'm, the way I see him. There is no private, there are consequences to every way you think and every way you behave. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Say, living in my life. It's not your life. God borrowed you. There are consequences to actions. Did you hear what I said? So don't, don't, don't say it doesn't matter to me. I go do what I want. No. What you do will affect people around you. So don't forget that. You stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart. Another way we can disrespect the Holy Spirit is by resisting him. The scripture reveals how we resist the Holy Ghost. Through being stiff neck and what? Uncircumcised in heart and ear. What does stiff neck mean? It comes from a word mean obstinate. Everybody say obstinate. What does obstinate mean? Listen to it and listen very carefully. To be obstinate means to, be, to stubbornly refuse to change one's opinion or chosen course of action despite attempts to persuade one to do so. And everybody say amen. amen. Uh, and I know some of you must have taken, remember some time in your life where they were advising you not to do something. Yeah? And you say, no, I go to him. Is that not so? Say, no, this is my life. It's me. It's not your life. I'm not my life. It's only life. Then you now did it. After you did it, you now saw, even till today, I see suffering some of the consequences of some stupid things. When we are stubborn, there's a language they say to men, and, and I don't believe that because it's unscriptural. So you cannot teach old dog new tricks. That's nonsense. That's another excuse to be stubborn. Because to grow is a lifetime experience. Growing, there's no arrival point in growing and learning. The moment you think that you have reached a level where they cannot teach you anything, Satan will take over your mind and mess your life big time. You can make some lifetime mistakes that you may end up regretting. Am I making any sense? A, 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 an obstinate mind is a mind that is set on its ways. People cannot convince you easily otherwise. Once you say, this is the way I see it, even the Holy Ghost will can't do anything. Holy Ghost said, do it. He said, no, no, Holy Spirit, this is how I want you to do it. He said, no, that's not what I want. Said, no, I said, this is how I want you to do it. You now become a user of the Spirit instead of the Holy Ghost being the one using you. And the word uncircumcised in heart and ear means 
a soul or a mind or a will and emotion that are close to divine admonition. When you have an uncircumcised heart, that word heart is from the word soul. Soul means your mind, your emotion, and your will. When it's uncircumcised, it means you have closed it. In, in the Hebrew term, to be uncircumcised is the foreskin is still on the organ of the private man. And it has not been removed. And for it to be circumcised, you have to take away the foreskin. So when something is uncircumcised, it means something that is set in what one wants to do. And even when they are advising you this is not the helpful way, you insist that that is how I want to do it. And if you have that kind of mentality, you can't work with the Holy Ghost. You can't. Because the Holy Ghost will make you make choices that are very uncomfortable with you. And will make you go and do things that you may not personally want to do or like, but they will bless you at the end of the day. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. This is working with the Holy Ghost is. All right. Are we there? The way we counter resisting the Holy Ghost is to yield to him. Say, tell your neighbor, say, learn to yield to the Holy Ghost. When we yield, we listen and obey him. We acknowledge him always as our ever abiding helper. We become more sensitive to his presence. And we give the Holy Ghost the liberty to speak and do what he wants to do in our lives. We are the one that needs the help. I hope you know that. Trust in the Lord with what? all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what will he do? He'll direct your path. So if you don't acknowledge him, you're telling him that you don't need his direction. Somebody say hallelujah. And finally, the fourth belief system you must have in order to enter your season of science, wonders and miracle, is to respect the prophetic word. What did I say? Everybody turn your Bible to 1 Thessalonians 5.20. Are you learning something? Respect what? The prophetic word. Everybody say the prophetic word. 1 Thessalonians 5.20 I used to think that this verse was referring to prophet, the gift of prophecy alone. No. It's not. It's much more than that. The gift of prophecy is one of the ways the prophetic word can be given. But the prophetic word can be given through other manifestations of the spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 20 If you are there, say Amen. You want to flow in the life of sign, wonder, miracles, and breakthrough. Brothers and sisters, you must learn to respect the prophetic word. First Thessalonians 5.20. Let's read it together. I want to go. Despise not prophesying. Let's read that one more time. Despise not Do one, Jara. Despise not prophesying. What is the meaning of despise? It means to treat with contempt. To treat with a lack of respect. When you, when you despise something, it means you don't consider it as important, as valuable, as helpful. That's what despise means. And God says if there is one thing you must not despise, it's to despise prophesying. Now, prophesying doesn't mean to give somebody a prophecy. It's much bigger than that. The Greek word from prophesy is from the Greek word propheteria. That word propheteria means to speak out of the inspiration of the spirit. It can come through prophecy. It can come through word of knowledge. It can come through word of wisdom. It can come through designing of spirit. It can come through interpretation of tongue. So prophesying, another word for prophesying, write this down, is the word prophetic word. Write that down. Another word for prophesying means what? Prophetic word. The word prophesying means that which is inspired or led by the spirit. 
So one of the things you will have in your Christian walk is access to prophesying or access to prophetic word. Now, what do we mean by prophetic word? Let me give you a little bit of background. Are you still with me? Everybody lift up your Bible. Lift your Bible. Come on. Say, this is my Bible. Now, whether it's in electronic or uh, in normal physical form. Say, my Bible is called the scriptures. It is the documentation of the counsels and wisdom of God to me. Say, all the wisdom and the counsel I need is in the scriptures. Say amen. Are you hearing me? There is no improved version in the Bible. Did you hear what I said? There may be several translations, but no translations can review or revise the Bible. Because the Bible says no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation. So translations only helps us see what is already contained. So the word of God is not just a book. You have it in form of a book, but it's beyond the book. Are you hearing me? The word of God is a documentation of the wisdom of God in print. Let me read to you what the Bible says about the scriptures. It's also called the scriptures. Second um, Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. Just listen. All scripture in that book is given by what? Inspiration of God. What is inspiration? The Holy Ghost breath through men and men captured the minds of God in written form and was compiled over a period of history. That's why you call it those, the Bible. Hear me. By the inspiration of God, and this is what it's meant for. It is profitable or valuable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Tell your Bible, your neighbor said the Bible is complete. I didn't hear you. You know, somebody, the way some of you treat the Bible is as if it's not complete. Tell your neighbor, say the Bible is complete. Say, all the wisdom I need, all the counsel I need, all the instruction I need is in the scriptures. Say, the scripture is not a book, it's more than a book, it's a compilation of the inspiration of God in printed form. That's the Bible. So that, your thinking of the scripture must always be right. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said, from your little childhood, you have known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make you what? Wise unto salvation. So the word of God is authentic. The word of God is accurate. And the word of God is complete. There is no improvement on scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, listen carefully to this. However, are you with me? To understand the scripture and to function with the scripture requires revelation. What did I say? Requires what? That's why a professor can read the Bible. And we come out with all forms of historical, um, argumentative perspective of the Bible. You know people debate the Bible. Eh? See, when you want to understand the Bible with human intellect, you will come up with conflicting opinions. Did you hear what I said? People who read the Bible and they come out with conflict. For instance, what is the 144,000? 
Eh? What is the one for the father? That's the only people that God has chosen that will go to heaven. Where did you read that? Where did you read it? In the Bible, it tells you what the one forty-four. It, it's a representative of the people from the Jewish background. Are you hearing what I'm saying? From the twelve tribes of Israel. It doesn't mean that there are one forty-four thousand. Some of you, when you read the book of uh, Revelations, you don't even understand what symbols represents. You just take it literal and you just come up with horrible um, interpretation that is confusing yourself and everybody. To understand and function with the scripture, you need what? Revelation. Tell anybody say you need revelation. What is revelation? Jesus said to the disciple one day, say, who am I? When they went to the department of human knowledge and logic, they couldn't find an answer. He said, some say. That means opinion. Opinion means everybody have their own angle to it. Some say you are one of the prophets. You must be one of the prophets. Some say you are even Jeremiah. So if it's Jeremiah, what happened to the first Jeremiah? Eh? Some say you are Isaiah. Okay, if it's Isaiah, what happened to the first Isaiah? Did he reincarnate or something? Or one of the prophets, which of them? Then Jesus said, okay. First of all, I said, what do people say? And I said, okay, what do you say that I am? That answer was in the department of revelation. Where was it? Answer me, where was it? There are two ways to learn. There is learning by your senses, which you and I have gone to school We've learned with our senses. We've learned from our home, our five senses. You went to school. You learn with your five senses in school. True of us? And, and your learning with your five senses is learning at the level of your mind. There is an aspect of your mind that your senses can relate to. And everything you've acquired in terms of knowledge is stored as a memory and intelligence as well as imagination in your mind. So there's a level of learning that you acquire from your senses. But that's the way a natural man learns. But a spirit man is upgraded from that level. The day you got born again, you were upgraded to see realms and realities that are beyond this one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, why we look at the things that are not seen? To the natural man, that's confusing. I, I go look what he and not they see. So what are they look when I know they see? Look, not see. No. Say this Bible, not a confused person. No, it's called revelation. When you learn by revelation, you are not learning with your senses, you are learning with your spirit. Did you hear what I said? See, the day you got born again, you were upgraded in the learning department. That's why you can know things that your head doesn't know. Did you understand what I mean? You can pick things that your brain has not seen. For instance, um, if you read the Bible, when uh, Nathaniel came to meet Jesus, Jesus saw Nathaniel through the eyes of his spirit. He said, when you were under that tree, I saw you. Now, that was the, the nature of the tree Nathaniel was in, and the place he was in, it was physically, biologically, sense possible to see him in that place. He knew nobody saw him except himself. It's like it's one of those places when he wants to do his alone, alone time, he will go and hide there. And it's only his friend that knows where he is. So when he came, he said, hey, the man in whom there is no God, when you were under that tree, I saw it. Said, eh? You must be the son of God. Because the way Jesus knew that information was not from the senses, it was by revelation. Everybody say by revelation. Amen. That was the same answer Peter gave when he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus said to him, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father which is in heaven. Tell your neighbor, say, Revelation is your birthright. So stop trying to understand your Christian heritage with saints' knowledge. 
Stop waiting to allow the scripture make sense before you believe it. Are you hearing me? Because you are learning through your spirit. Say, I'm learning with my spirit. All right? So, to understand and function with the scripture requires revelation. And the source of revelation is the Holy Ghost. Is who? And how does the Holy Ghost give us revelation? He gives us revelation by direction. Everybody say by direction. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to explain what the prophetic word is. So that you don't think that the prophetic word is different from the scripture. No, 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 it's not. Oh, it's not. The scripture is complete. But to understand and function with the scripture, you need what? Revelation. And revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said when he comes, he will show you things to come. Is that not so? He will reveal me to you. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of what? Revelation. Say revelation. Come on, say revelation. And how does the Holy Ghost communicate revelation to us? Write this down. He gives us revelation by direction. Everybody say direction. What does direction mean? I check the meaning of direction and you will... It's very interesting. I'm about running up, so just bear with me. Direction means management or guidance of someone. When you are directed, you are being guided. Like a tour guide. Everybody say like a tour guide. Have you ever, the best way to explain this thing for you is this. Assuming you go to a, a building complex that have 200 rooms and you are looking for someone who is living in one of the apartments but unfortunately for you you don't know the number of the apartment the person is staying. You have two options. Number one, start going from number one to number 200. Is that not so? That may take you a lot of time. Or you go to someone who peradventure knows the person and knows exactly where the person is staying and the person out of that knowledge will direct you to where to go so you can easily just go to the exact spot and locate the person. Is that not true? That's what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost gives us direction so we can understand and function with the scripture. And how does direction come? Direction comes through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Say the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why God still speaks today. Even though the scripture is the voice of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 25. I'm explaining to you what the prophetic word is. The prophetic word is the speakings of God. It's called prophesying. And somebody will say, okay, if the scripture is the written counsel of God and all the wisdom and counsel we need is in the Bible, why does the Holy Ghost still need to speak? Why do we still yet to hear the voice of God? You need to hear the voice of God because to understand and function with the scripture, you will need revelation. And that revelation comes from the direction of the spirit. And that direction of the spirit comes through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? So the Holy Ghost speaking to you and leading you is to help you enforce the scripture in your life. Am I making any sense? The Holy Ghost will never speak to you and lead you outside the word of God. Never. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Alright. Hebrews 12, 25. If you are there, say amen. What does it say? See that you refuse not him that speaks. And who is he? The Holy Ghost. For if they escape not who refuse him that speak on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven. And God still speaks from heaven through the Holy Ghost. He still speaks. And he speaks to give you direction. And with that direction, it helps you to understand and apply revelation to your life. Am I making any sense? Hear me. The speakings of God 
through the Holy Ghost are referred to as the prophetic word or prophesying. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? The speakings of God through the leading of the Holy Ghost is referred to as what? The prophetic word or what? Prophesy. The speakings of God through the Holy Ghost or through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Are you paying attention? Don't lose me now. The speakings of God through the Holy Ghost are referred to as the prophetic word. And the prophetic word can come to you in five ways. How many ways? Scripturally speaking, it can come to you in five ways. So whenever, when we talk about the prophetic word, we're talking about the speakings of God to you and me. Write this. I'm going to run through them. Please make sure you get this. Because these five ways are the ways God speaks to us through the prophetic word, which helps us understand and function with the scripture. Number one, inner weakness. Everybody say inner weakness. I didn't hear you. Say inner weakness. The first place you're going to receive the leading of the spirit or the prophetic word is your inner weakness. Inner weakness refers to your spirit man. The day you got born again, your spirit became illuminated. You became a born, you got a brand new spirit from Christ. And God leads you through your spirit. Your spirit is called the candle of the Lord. And Romans 8, 17 says, when we got born again, we knew in our spirit that we are sons of God. He said, the spirit of God bears weakness with what? With our spirit. So the first place the Holy Ghost will lead you is what? Your spirit. Tell the neighbor, say, I now have spirit education. Say, I now have spirit understanding. That spirit understanding is a knowing that comes from within. It's not a brain knowing. It's not a knowing of experience. You will just know. Why? Because the Holy Ghost placed the knowing inside your spirit. Am I making any sense? How did I know I was going to have four children? It was the Holy Ghost that told me. It wasn't a voice I heard. I heard it in my spirit. Say, you're going to have four children. Two boys, two girls. I didn't know why I didn't say ten. God forbid. God forbid. He just said four. I knew in my spirit. There are some choices you want to make right now. And the Holy Ghost is telling your spirit, don't do it. Don't do it. And there's some things you want to go and you're afraid. You're going to say, go ahead. Your, see, the day you got born again, your spirit has been wired to God. Wired to the Jesus. So your spirit can receive information from the Holy Ghost. That information is what is called prophetic word or prophesying. Did you hear what I said? And you can receive it as an inward. The word inward means it comes from within. Weakness means the Holy Ghost implants it inside you. Have you ever tried to do something and you just, you just sense in your spirit that no, I shouldn't do this. Has that happened to you? That's an inward weakness telling you to be careful. Number two, the prophetic word can come through the gifts of the Holy Ghost. What is the gift of the Holy Ghost? There are three categories of them, nine. There's the category of revelation, which is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, designing of spirit. Through that, you are supernaturally able to hear or see things, rather. The revelation gift enables you to see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are three gifts. Then you have the gift of utterance, which is the ability to be inspired to speak, to know things and to say things as inspired by God. Prophetic word can come for encouragement, exhortation and comfort, in which case it's coming as prophecy, just to encourage you, to exhort you. But a prophetic word can come to tell you about something related to your future, in which case it's not coming through the gift of prophecy, it's coming through the word of wisdom. 
Word of wisdom, it's about the future. Word of knowledge is about the past and the present. Did you hear what I said? Are you understanding what prophetic word is all about now? Come when you say prophetic, you say it's only prophecy. That's not what it means. Prophetic means inspired by the Spirit. Then number three, the third way you can receive a prophetic word is through the preaching of the word. Have you ever heard me preach and I just say, I may be preaching to everybody, but all of a sudden there's a part of the message you will just know that God is talking to me. Has it happened to you? You just know this one is for me. It happened one time when I went to Oedegos Church in Lagos. It was sitting in Yanapaja then. He wore green suit. I will never forget it. I was looking for some direction from the Spirit of God and I've been praying for a while. Then as he was preaching, all of a sudden he just started saying some things. And to him, maybe that was a subject in his message. But to me, he was telling me some definite things. And the way he spoke to them, he was like talking to me directly. So I wrote it down. I said, this is for me. And that has formed part of some of the things that have happened in my life. So when they pre- that's why you must be very careful. All this going about, walking about when they're preaching, you are undoing yourself. God may have packaged a word for you to hear. But while you are busy going up and down, you will miss it. Because sometimes God can speak to you through the message. Am I making any sense? Yes, Am I making any sense? Yes, now, read, write this down. Acts 28 verse 31 and 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. The preach word. Number four. The fourth way we can receive the prophetic word is through what the Bible calls a vision. Everybody say a vision. vision. Say a vision. a vision. How did God tell Ananias about Saul after he had an encounter on, uh, uh, on, on the way to Damascus? It was by vision. He said, and he saw, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision, saying, Go. So, you can receive a prophetic word through vision. And there are two levels of vision. There is a vision you see in the night. In which case, um, maybe you are sleeping and you can see. Or there is a semi-state where you are not sleeping, but you are not completely awake. But there is a vision you can see while you are awake. It will just flash in your eyes. And you will see it. It happens. It has happened to me a few times. I remember it was my first or second year. I was talking to a sister and I was sharing some things from the word. And I asked a question, and she didn't want it to. As she said, a screen just came from behind her head, and bam, I saw it. And I, everything I wanted to know, I knew. So I told her, I said, don't worry. Said, well, I said, I already know the answer. I said, he said, it's not possible. I said, I know. I said, okay, let me describe it. So I described everything I saw in the screen. She screamed. She said, how did you know? I said, the Holy Ghost told me. So you can have open vision where you are not sleeping, and God will show you things in the spirit just to communicate his mind or his message or his direction. The purpose of prophetic word is direction to give you revelation to understanding and enforcing the scripture in your life. Say amen. amen. Alright. Then the final fifth one that you get in the prophetic word is through a dream. Now you must judge every dream. One of the ways you will know that your dream is of God is that the moment you wake up from the dream, you will know God gave you. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. All those kind of funny dreams that six months you are still trying to, it's probably not God that gave you. Maybe it's your fear that gave you. If God gives you a dream, the spirit will tell you that it's from God. There are sometimes you dream certain things because you are afraid. Because the Bible says dream comes by the multitude of business. Business means interaction. So whatever is dominant in your mind can slip into your dream. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, some of those ridiculous dreams where you just wake up, you enter kitchen and come outside in Lagos. Now those are malaria dreams. Just cast all these things out. You have malaria, go and check your, maybe you have malaria or typhoid. Go and check yourself. 
God doesn't waste dreams like that. Read your Bible. All the dreams God gave, read it now, exact, straight to the point. And interpretation was given. People are not, all this way you are breaking your head, traveling from one place, you say, see, I get one dream, I get one dream. Wait till you say, I just I not I not understand. Maybe it's not God. If God gives you a dream, you will know. Are you hearing me? And you don't break your head over dreams. If you don't understand it, keep it in the shelf. You still have the word of God that is superior and authentic. Are you hearing me? Because no dream can counter scriptures. Did you hear what I said? No dream. All dreams must be subject to the scripture. Every word God gives to you must be judged within the light and the context of the written scripture. Is that clear? Is that clear? Now, let me say this in conclusion. Prophetic word helps us fight the good fight of faith, otherwise known as the Christian warfare. The prophetic word is the scripture applied by the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. What did I say? A prophetic word is the scripture applied by what? By the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. That's why nothing God will tell you will negate the scripture. Never. It will never contradict the scripture. First Timothy 1.18, Paul wrote, writing to Timothy, he said, This charge I commit unto this son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. If you don't have a prophetic word, then you are lacking in your spiritual asanas. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. yeah that means you're not listening to the Holy Ghost. That means you're not taking command or instruction from the Spirit. You cannot use human intelligence to understand the Bible. You cannot use human intelligence to apply the Bible. It won't work. You need the help of the Spirit because it's called the Spirit of Revelation. And it's the one that can help you understand and apply the Scripture. Let me go through some prophetic words God spoke to us during the beginning of this 60 days of seeking God for signs, wonders, miracles. Day 1, July 3rd. I was praying in the morning before church that morning and I had two visions at different intervals. The first vision, I saw a being standing in the midst of the church carrying a white basin of oil in the congregation. I didn't know what it meant. Then the second vision happened again when I was praying later. I saw a tree that was full of leaves. Full leaves. And as I began to pray, I watched the color of the tree change to white from top to the bottom. Then day 6, which was the 8th of July, the Lord instructed us and said, write down five areas that seems to reproach or mock your faith. Write down. You remember I said that? For those of you that obeyed, you will know. Then we are to stop seeing those five areas as a challenge and a mockery to our faith. If you are a Christian that do not obey, you despise prophetic word. You won't grow. You won't progress spiritually because you are rejecting the wisdom of the Spirit in your life. I've seen a lot of Christians, when they hear a prophetic word, they just hear it and say amen. They don't write it down. They don't go and mix it with faith and apply it to their life. They don't do it. And the reason God gave it to you is to help and boost your obedience to his word. Anyway, he said we should start seeing our faith overcome these five areas as we act on the instruction that is given during the 60 days. Then we, began, we are to begin to prophesy over these five areas as many times as we can. And one of the testimonies I applied my five areas was a family friend 
whose son was flown to South Africa because of an organ defect that had started poisoning his blood. And his colors of eyes were changing. And he told me, he said, Paro, you need to pray. And I remember this was about the time God gave us that prophetic word. So I started calling his name. And I was declaring over him signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. Can I tell you this? They went, everything in the surgery was corrected. And they are back in Nigeria. The boy is healed and healthy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God works. There were other instances where I applied it, even my own personal one. I saw some amazing men. I don't want to tell you some of them so that you know I have long truth. But I obeyed. But did you obey? When God gives you, what do you do with it? These same people will hear God give a prophetic word. They will not do anything with it. And they will still come back and still be complaining and wondering why some things are not working. When God already gave you the answer. Then God gave us a scripture to read and meditate, which was Isaiah 54, verse 2 to verse 4. And it says, Allow the Holy Spirit to flood your heart and your mind with visions of signs, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. He said, Listen to the Holy Ghost. Then the second direction he gave on that same um, July 8, I got an understanding of the first vision I saw on the 3rd of July about the being that was kind of basin of oil, that it was an angel of sign, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. And that as we begin to obey the instruction, that angel will minister to and for us. And trust me, I saw that angel walk. Then God gave us the set of information, uh, words that I want to say. I'm saying this because I want somebody to be encouraged with the word of God. He says, tell my people that as they begin to pray and engage their faith through the instruction I give to you, they will activate the angel to minister to and for them. Then he said, tell my people that I am ministering comfort to them through my spirit to empower them to do what I'm calling the house for the season. Say amen. amen. And I said, the Lord is calling us in this season to minister to men with increase capacity. Everybody say increase capacity. Then he says, tell my people, tell them to be strong. To be, you saw that in our confessions today. Tell my people to be strong and courageous for I am in the midst of you to honor and to glorify my name. He said, tell them not to lose focus for Christ is our focus of strength. Final scripture, Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Four belief system to a life of sign, wonders, miracles, and breakthrough. What is the first one? You must be born again. What is the number two? You must be baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Number three, respect the Holy Ghost. Respect what? Respect what? And you respect the Holy Ghost by not disrespecting him. And the two ways you can disrespect his word, offense and malice. Is that not so? And what is the second one? Resisting him. By being stubborn and insistent on our way. Then what is the fourth belief system? Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.com.
www.ghanaspeaks.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.